a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I don't know that I necessarily want the people to remember my sermon for uh, a week as much as I want them to uh, receive that Word of God right there. If this is a, uh, a download of information, it's important that you retain that information. Yeah. But if this is being addressed by a, a burning bush, I know that a burning bush talked to me. And I said to the guy, uh, look, at when the Bible talks about vision, it's, it's talking about the death of Jesus. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. It's talking about the gospel. It's talking about confessing the creed. And his answer to me was, yeah, uh, I'm not using vision in the biblical sense, but rather in the business sense. <laughs> okay, then. All right. I, by the way, had no knowledge of that encounter when I posed the hypothetical. <laughs> because there's a shortage of theological radio shows willing to answer your questions, this is Table Talk Radio. I didn't even know about that shortage. Yeah. Is this in California? We can't find uh, anyone, uh, particularly uh, Lutheran broadcasters, willing to answer questions on the air. So we're going to oh. fill that void here on Table Talk Radio. And it's Are we whole... worried about the theological question interest rate because of the right. supply and demand problem here? Yeah, Is I think that... so. So we are here for you, the listener. Yeah, so if you have questions, email them to questions at tabletalkradio.org or give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. You know, we were talking about ditching that phone number recently, and, and I have made resolve that we can't get rid of it till you memorize it. And then then we'll get rid of it. <laughs> that means forever and ever. Yeah, what right. are we going to do? Google Voice? Something. Because we but, don't need the then, who wants it. Does the message still say, hello, ladies, with your <laughs> no. voice? Well, it never said that, first of all. Second of all, um, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Okay, so what we're doing today is answering emails. We're first doing the buzzwords, and then emails, and then that's it. It's like the first segment, which is the one that everyone skips, is the whole show. <laughs> what do you mean everybody skips the first segment? It's that nobody when makes it past the first over? segment. They just. Skip. I wonder if people are listening and they're thinking with bated breath. I wonder if they're going to answer my email. I sent oh, it to I'm them sure. five years ago. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, so my theological buzzword for you is Christophany. Ooh. Christophany is the name of the new pizza restaurant that opened up in downtown Denver. Is that right? Want to go to Christophany? Ha <laughs> ha, just kidding. Christophany is a, it's like a, there's the word theophany, which means appearance of God. And Christophany then would mean the appearance of Christ. And especially the Lutherans like to talk about how when you see God in the Old Testament, you're seeing Christ because Jesus himself tells us, John chapter 1, that nobody at any time has seen God, meaning that nobody at, at any time saw God, the Father. This means that when people did see God in the Old Testament, they were not seeing God the Father, but rather God the Son, so that these are appearances of Jesus or Christophanies. Okay, my theological buzz word for you is concupiscence. Concupiscence is the tendency of our sinful nature towards sin, um, and this itself is sin. So let me give you an example. Let's say right. uh, I'm walking down the street, and I see uh, someone left by, uh, or on the uh, little picnic table there, a $100 bill, apparently 
just decided to leave it there, forgot it or something. I don't know. But uh, at first inclination, you want to take it because no one is going to see you. You're not going to get caught. You want to take that $100 bill. But then you think, no, that's not right. I shouldn't do that. Uh, Okay, I'm going to leave the $100 bill where you are. And then you walk away. Now, your temptation is to think, aha, look at me. I did not sin. And you pat yourself on the back. But uh, concupiscence is the fact that your flesh in the very first place wanted to commit the sin. And the fact that your flesh wanted to commit the sin in the first place is already sin. Now, this is a distinction, a theological distinction between uh, the Reformers and the Roman Catholic Church because the Roman Catholic Church was so busy touting free will. <laughs> and if uh, if you could overcome this uh, concupiscence, then you're doing well. Um, this points people not to Christ, but points people to themselves and their own good works. So uh, we can see that concupiscence is a result of the fall itself, and that we would want to confess that even when um, outwardly I I do the right thing, inwardly I didn't want to do the right thing. I had uh, sinful desires, and that itself is sin, which I repent of, confess my sin before God, and receive absolution even for my desires, concupiscence. Oh, there you go. I think that's pretty important for pastoral care because— you know, someone says, hey, I'm thinking about doing this really bad thing. And if you don't have the doctrine of concupiscence, that your desires sin, then you say, well, just don't do it. Mm-hmm. You can't, you, you're stuck. But now we can say, oh, man, that's terrible. But the Lord forgives even your wicked desires. Yeah, yeah. Repent. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go. Got to, it. Let's go Ready for this email? email? Yeah. I got, I got this one from Seminarian Jake. Remember that guy? Oh, he's our competition, I'm isn't so, he? he? Right. Dear Table Talk Radio, it's taken me a year. I finally caught up on your latest episodes. I've now listened to everyone, every single episode of Table Talk Radio. Oh, he's from Australia. I forgot. That was why I wanted to read this email. Oh, no. Chance to brush up on my Australian accent. Oh, no. Oh, please don't. I think I'm a Table Talk Radio addict. And like all addictions, it's bad for my health, and I should probably stop. Therefore, I'm offering to help all TTR addicts to kick their TTR addiction. Sim Radio is offering a TTR Addicts Rehabilitation Program. First, we win you off TTR by getting you to listen to another Lutheran radio show, maybe Issues Etc. or Radical Grace. There's other Lutheran radio shows? Did you know about this? Huh. Hmm. Then we win you off these excellent shows by getting you to listen to the worst Lutheran radio show, Sim Radio. There it is. Uh, after hearing Sim Radio, you'll never want to listen to a Lutheran radio show again, and therefore you will be free from your TTR addiction. On a more sensible note, I was listening to episode 321 where you spent the whole episode consulting listener emails. Hey, we're doing that again? (laughs) Wait a minute. The last email of that episode was from me in which I sent a church sign found in Lutheran churches. You read the first one, ran out of time before doing the second one. Thus, I decided to rescind the church sign. Here it was, found on a Lutheran church around Reformation Day called Halloween by Secular Society. This sounds like a seminarian. Reformation Day, a.k.a. Halloween. That's what the kids come to see. The kids will it. knock on the door and say, trick or treat is like, uh, do you mean Actually, uh, which the, yeah, it's, ref, <laughs> it's Reformation Day, children. Correction. Like, like Dwight on The Office. <laughs> it's Actually. not Easter. It's Resurrection Sunday. <laughs> you pagan. <laughs> the sign read, <laughs> let Jesus be your trick or treat. I don't know what that means. Have fun. Look at that. Have fun. What a legalist. 
God bless you, Seminarian Jake. <laughs> don't tell now, me. Now, don't what tell to me do. what to do. <laughs> yeah, you're not the boss of me, Seminarian Jake. I don't have to have fun if I don't want to. Well, now this church sign here—that was a windy email. Uh, let Jesus be your trick or treat. I I think this is a perfect example of law gospel preaching. Okay. Because the trick would obviously be law. Oh. Jesus messes with you. And the treat would obviously be the forgiveness of sins. So I don't know I don't know how anyone could confuse that or get that wrong. In fact, I think all church signs at Reformation Day should say, let Jesus be your trick or treat. I think I think it's a great example of the law gospel. Okay. Obviously you either had something funny to drink before coming on the show <laughs> or you're being wildly sarcastic. I'm gonna go with the last this is Hannah, my daughter, says, Dad, your sarcasm is not appreciated. Man, if I could get that on a soundbite and you could just send it to you, me. Well, you just have to listen I'll to just... Hannah like every other sentence that she says. <laughs> the, that Dad. must mean you're sarcastic a lot. <laughs> what? I don't even know. The other day I was trying not to be, and I can't even help it. All right, ready for the... Uh, so let Jesus be a trick-or-treat. What do you think that means? I, I think that a church is just trying to bring Jesus into the holiday at hand, so... There's nothing more profound to it than that, saying, hey, instead of a bunch of candy, you should want Jesus. And it's Halloween, and you get candy when you get when you say trick-or-treat, so you should let Jesus be your trick-or-treat. I think that's all it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Jesus is uh, like candy. Sweet, and well, I guess that's all candy is. <laughs> Nutrition, no, no. no. Um, Good for you, no. All right, let's go to the next one. Okay, email. I got another one. Zach in Tucson writes, Evening, Pastor Zach. It's mid-afternoon. Sheesh. To go with the ever-changing name and brands of TTR, L52, etc., I think we are now T-squared R, aren't we? Yes. You, of course, need to up-to-date logos, and so he has sent me the link to the hipsterlogogenerator.com. Using the above link will greatly help your relevancy and will give Pastor Wolfmuller another thing to do during the show. Oh, great. <laughs> which I'm already messing with. <laughs> I made this one to give you an example of its ca- capabilities also attached. Remember, Sola Cutting Edge, Zach in Tucson. Thank you, Zach. And it is a logo there. It says Gagline, Wolfmuller, and L2, L2, L52 production. What was that? Leviticus 5.2 or something? Oh, yeah, that's right. It, it has TTR uh, and a cow, and then like some this Roman kind of thing with stars on it. This is really cool. I right, don't delete this one. I want to keep it around for a uh, on the website. So. Can we can we uh, can we make this to be? Haven't we not figured out how to make the cover photo for our thing work? <laughs> well, that would that would entail actually trying to figure out. So the answer is no. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and then you can we'll... run a radio station, but you can't make the image on our iTunes podcast <laughs> into this cool cow picture. We'll do it. We're gonna make the iTunes cow picture our new logo. So those of those of you Apple users, check that out. We'll be right back. More table talk radio. Don't go away. Table Talk Radio. You won't find a better show out there unless you try.
How's our new logo coming over there, Pastor Wolf? Yeah, there? great. I'm trying to decide uh, the background color image if I should use a blur filter on it. That sounds pretty elaborate. Man, I wouldn't have... I w- That's going to put your, uh, uh, your friend out of business there. Oh, I can't blur or... I can't blur and lighten it at the same time. I either have to choose. I want to do a Gaussian blur or I want to do a lightning filter. <laughs> okay, go, uh, moving on. Next email on the Table Talk Radio is... You're going to have to take this one. I'm distracted. Okay. Let's see if we have a... Um... Oh, look at that windmill picture. I'm going to skip hmm. that one. Oh, baby dedications. Here's one. Uh, this right. is from Tommy. It says... I was wondering what you Lutheran pastors think of the tradition held in evangelical churches of baby dedications. They are essentially the same as baptisms in format, except without the water. It seems to be a bit hypocritical. Without the baptism part. <laughs> it's just exactly like a baptism except for the baptism. That's like saying, man, this is just like nighttime. Don't make for the fun light of Tommy. <laughs> Tommy is, is, is putting This is just like in. a good radio show, except for the good. <laughs> Tommy, I apologize for my co host. This is just like the Bible, except for no God's word there. He continues It seems a bit hypocritical to me since the evangelicals always say that babies can't be baptized since they can't make a decision for Jesus when they're making the decision for them anyway. Hmm. It seems that baby dedication is one of the sacraments of evangelicalism, even though it's not in Scripture. Thanks, as always, for the sleep-inducing nonsense, signed Tommy. <laughs> hey, take it easy there, Tommy. <laughs> I'm Your sarcasm offended. is not appreciated. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> it's coming back on me now. I like to. You know what I like to say to the baby dedicators? I like to say I don't. I don't go for all these traditions of men like baby dedication and asking <laughs> Jesus into your heart. I see what you're doing there. That the reason so. why that's funny is because all the baby dedicators are all over your case, dear Lutheran, because you say, "Hey, uh, we should baptize babies, and we should also uh, have the liturgy, and also we are the church that's been around for a while." And they say, "Oh, you." You subvert the word of God for the traditions of men. Bop, bop, bop. <laughs> and you and the Lutheran I just, just pictured you doing a body a... slam there. Is that is that what I was supposed to be <laughs> yeah, picturing? That's right. You, that's uh, a theological body slam in case you never heard one wanna, before. Uh, and, and and you just sit there like I mean, like what just happened? All I wanted to do was be a, follow the catechism, the scripture, and all of a sudden now I'm, I'm like worse than the Pharisees because I baptized the baby. Meanwhile, and I got all of the man traditions going on here. I'm probably not even. I'm I'm probably going to be sitting there with the bailists in the afterlife, you know. <laughs> Meanwhile, worshiping a golden cow, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, this is this is horrible. So that that's how they get you, you know. Mm-hmm. That's how the baby dedicators get you, and so. But the problem is. Baptism happens to be in the Bible, so does baby baptism in the Bible, whereas baby dedication is nowhere. Okay, but, so I'm going to challenge on that. Where do you see, give me one example of a baby being baptized in the Bible. Well, I don't have an example of babies being baptized. Well, Aha! I, I guess I do. Traditions but I of have, men. <laughs> I have the commandment from the Lord to baptize babies. When he says, go and make disciples of all nations, except for the babies, baptizing them in the name of the Father, <laughs> Son, and I Holy see what Spirit. you did there. Now, it also happens that Peter says on the day of Pentecost, 
uh, they say, what do we do to, be, do to be saved? And Jesus says, or Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. Have your sins washed away, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Children now, doesn't mean babies. What are you... T- <laughs> No, no, I I think our example of uh, people being baptized is in the book of Acts. Several times it says they were baptized them and their entire household, A right? whole household. And now, this would include not only the children, but also the workers and the employees of the household, etc. And it happens after the father's converted. Yes. Now, mm. I, I would say then to naysayers um, who are saying, well, we don't know that there were actually babies in the household— I would say, okay, give me an example in the New Testament where a female was baptized. And if we have to have a uh, an example of the historical event of the apostles baptizing uh, someone in order for us to practice it today, as if the, the command and mandate of Jesus isn't enough, then show me an example in the New Testament where a woman was baptized. And if you can't find one, then we can't baptize women. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not sure you should do that because they're going to probably stop baptizing. Women, right? <laughs> it's it's easier to hold to your presuppositions than to actually change them. <laughs> nice idea, though. <laughs> okay, so baby dedications. Um, oh, what about Jesus being dedicated at the temple? That's a baby dedication. Uh, the sacrifice. There is a uh, there is a sacrifice. No, Jesus was not. De- he was circumcised. Is that what you're talking about? Um, I don't. If they start bringing babies into circumcision, we got we're really going to have problems. Uh, so Jesus goes to the temple. They so there's two trips to the temple when Jesus is a baby. One when he's eight days old and he goes to be circumcised. The other when Mary is uh, when Jesus is forty days old and Mary goes to offer the sacrifice for her purification. Um. So that's what's going on there. I, now I think the baby dedication came along because, um. Everybody sees this baby and they're like, "Man, I hope God has something to do with this baby." But since we've rejected the means that God has established to bring that baby into the fellowship of His forgiveness of sins, let's just make something up. Yeah, I, I was so just thinking. I was just thinking that people would probably use Luke two to defend baby dedication, and uh, when their days for purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And it was uh, as it was written in the law of the Lord, the firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Now, there we would point out, as as you kind of did with circumcision, that it, there's a particular law of Moses um, that a sacrifice must be made uh, for the firstborn that opens the womb. So they, the, this is why uh, the parents of Jesus bring the turtle doves or the young pigeons uh, to be sacrificed as uh, as according to the law of Moses. Now, again. If we're going to say that we should do dedications on the basis of the law of Moses, then we have bigger problems. Yeah, that's right. Ceremony. Yeah, like we're gonna, we're gonna, we're going to live in the Old Testament. Yeah. yeah. Now, don't try to make me think too much because I'm looking at these logos, seeing what my options are. <laughs> I did find a new email here. Okay. We have got time for more. Sure. Dear pastors, I found it ironic that in episode 329, where you were discussing dealing with heretical teaching, you played Carrie Underwood's "Something in the Water." which confesses the heresy of Pelagianism. <laughs> I guess okay. I should put the best construction on it and say it confesses a sl- semi-Pelagian heresy. Keep up the excellence and mediocrity in Christian broadcasting. 
I will not publicly rebuke you for playing that song because I'm sure that just my wife and kids are the only ones listening to your show. <laughs> <laughs> so that will be a private rebuke. Sincerely, Trapped in Calvin Land, Mike. Glad to be your own personal radio show there, Mike. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so I, I'm trying to look. I remembered that, but um, see, so what do you say? It, what heresy is it guilty of here? Semi, he said Pelagianism or semi-Pelagianism. Okay. Now the Pela- so Pelagianism. Okay, yeah. These are good buzzwords. Pelagianism is named after the guy Pelagius. Is that his name? Yep. Pelagian. Is it Pelagius or Pel- you know how Latin names they change at the end? You can decline a name in Latin. Pelagianism. Pelagianus. Anyhow, what was his first name? I wonder. We're working on Fred? it. Fred. Fred Pelagius. And he taught that man's will is essentially good and that you are able, by the power of your will, to please God by your actions, to attain a state of God-pleasingness by your will. Now, uh, that is simply pagan. I mean, that completely denies the Christian teaching of original sin. So there's a modified version of Pelagianism which says that our will can please God, by, with the assistance of, of the Holy Spirit, and that is semi-Pelagianism. So I can become holy through the uh, through the acts of my will as long as I'm assisted by God uh, along the way. Uh, and that we, that again would be the semi-Pelagianism. I can't find Fred, uh, I can't find his first name. <laughs> you probably didn't have one. He didn't need one. It was probably Fred Pelagius, <laughs> but he's like, forget it. I want to be known he's as like, Pelagius. Yeah, I'm Pelagius. He's like, you need another name, sir. No, I'm going to be a big deal. Trust me. <laughs> Pelagius is probably his first name, and he's like Pelagius from, you know, Macedonia or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so here's, here's the lyrics to Carrie Underwood. He said, I've been where you've been before, down every hallway, a slamming door. No way out, nowhere, no one to come and save me, wasting a life that the good Lord gave me. Then someone said what I'm saying to you, opened my eyes and, and told me the truth. They said, just a little faith, it'll all get better. I think I see where he's going with this. So I, <laughs> so I followed that preacher man down to the river, and now I'm changed, and now I'm stronger. There must have been something in the water. Oh, there must have been something in the water. That's the yeah. gist. That's how it goes? Yeah. So, so it's as if the the water of baptism is the tool that I use. I was I was uh, capable of of reforming, transforming my life all along. I just didn't have the right tools until someone came along and said, "Hey, baptism is the tool that you need," and now I can do it. You got it. Yeah. Uh, I I thought uh, didn't we talk more about that song? I can't remember. I, I did, did we talk about the? No, did we do a preaching no, to Hollywood? No, on that, that was just a bump song after a after a maybe a praise song or something. Huh. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, more of your emails after this break. We're we've gotten through like three emails, so we need to get get going after this. But if you uh, have questions we for us, questions at tabletalkradio.org is the num uh, is the email address, or you can give us a call, uh, leave us a message, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. 
How many Table Talk Radio listeners does it take to change a light bulb? You'll probably have to settle for one. Good news. Only two more segments of Table Talk Radio until it's finally over. I'm not as good at making logos as our friend uh, Zach Zach in Tucson. Uh, But I did choose the hipster logo thing. And so I want you to imagine this. Imagine two arrows crossed and then... And it makes four segments, right? And then T-T-R in one letter in each of the two segments, and then a mustache on the bottom. Now, <laughs> I, this, this I think this is not going to be a good logo, but it will be a great tattoo. I can't tell. <laughs> I'm going to have to go get the that's, tattoo to see how That's what goes. I always look for when I'm looking for a tattoo. Something that wouldn't work as a logo I want permanently on my skin. <laughs> TTR, what's that mustache? I wonder if I got it just right so where the the tattooed on mustache could be on my upper lip, <laughs> like T under one eyeball. Yeah, T, no, oh, no, yeah. no. It would have to be on my eyelid. Yeah, so when you T close your eyes, R that would my be eyelids. nice. One, and then this the, is like the a forehead. dream come true right here. I know. All right, I'll work on it. Hey, I've got good news for you. Besides yep. the fact that Table Talk Radio is almost over, over, over halfway now. Um, we're uh, posted. We got our website going for ninety four three the bridge and Rogue River, yeah. and uh, we have you know it's mostly. What are you doing? Plugging your stuff on our radio show? I know you've never done this before, but are you uh, bringing a gun with bear, you? Bear with me here. <laughs> uh, the the we we are not streaming yet. However, um, if we uh, if we raise oh. the money, we're going to start broadcasting <laughs> online. And uh, you know, probably just uh, kind of like Pirate Christian Radio minus. Uh, advertisements, but still uh, non-ad commercials. <laughs> Just like Pirate Christian Radio, except for the radio and the pirate yeah. and the Christian. <laughs> so anyway, if that sounds interesting to you, I'm not sure if it does, but you could donate at 943thebridge.com. Oh, our listeners should donate to that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Or you should, you know, that'll be great. Yeah. You, got, you, you got all this extra Table Talk Radio. You're like, man, I got, Table Talk Radio donation went through. What am I going to do with all the extra money? Yeah. Answer? So so in case you don't want to listen to, to Table Talk Radio on demand anymore and would rather listen to it um, at a uh, <laughs> at a, a given time, website. yeah, just, just donate to the website. The problem with listening to it live is you can't fast forward past the opening bump music. Why would it? People rewind it to hear the bump again. Like, that was awesome. I want to listen to it again. Dan in the UK writes, UK, I wonder what that stands for. Hi there. I've just started. Li- oh, yeah, UK. I got to use an Australian accent. <laughs> what? Hi there. Just started listening to your show, and I must say, I think it's brilliant. That's. Uh, <laughs> Stop. If you're British, how do you say brilliant? Uh, brilliant. That's a thing. Anyway, I'm new to Lutheran theology. My background is charismatic, and I went to a Reformed church, which I'm currently still in, though I am finding increasingly difficult. My question is in relation to faith. A, fr- a friend of mine says that uh, faith is our part in salvation in that we have to exercise it. My understanding, though limited, is that faith is a gift, Ephesians 2.8, that comes fr- by hearing the Word of God. How do the two theologies differ? I'm really wanting to get my head around it all. I'm writing you guys because there is no Lutheran churches in my area of the United Kingdom, and it's difficult to speak to any of them at my church because the misunderstandings it could create. 
Lastly, I purchased a reader's edition of the book of Concord. Where's the best place to start? Any advice would be most helpful regarding these two things. Thanks for the show. Keep up the good work. Dan, an avid UK listener. If that email had a subject line, what would it be? Uh, Reformed theology. Oh, interesting. Okay. (laughs) Found it? (laughs) So here's the two questions. First is, uh, what is faith a work or a gift? Now, we... So this is faith is receiving the Lord is, is is nothing other than believing the Lord's promises and receiving then his gifts that he promises to us so that the scripture will constantly contrast faith with works. So you say by faith, not by works. See, mm-hmm. so faith cannot be a work. Otherwise, the scripture scripture just becomes kind of completely muddled up. Yep. So faith is that uh, kind of capacity of our of our heart, I suppose, to uh, believe and re- the Lord's promises and receive His gifts. Yeah, um, I I like to point to Genesis 15 to to show this. So you have Abraham, and God gave him a promise that he'd have a son and be the father of many nations. And of course, what we know is was being spoken of there is uh, ultimately the promise of the Messiah that would come through the lineage of Abraham. And it says that Abraham believed, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. So it didn't say that Abraham did a bunch of work. <laughs> it says that he believed, and he was credited with righteousness. He was imputed righteousness. Um, it was it was given to him. Um, and so now that's what uh, the author of the Hebrews is going to uh, understand, and Paul as well throughout the Pauline epistles, uh, that one is righteous because of uh, the faith, the, the belief um, not because you said that like a radio host, righteous. <laughs> right. One so, is you were like this. One is righteous. Okay, I want to throw a curveball at you then, Pastor yeah, okay. Wolfmiller. What about yeah. James chapter two? What about what about that? Uh, James? Where James chapter two says, um, so even faith. If uh, wait, 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 faith without works, that one is yeah, dead. Yeah, faith yeah. without works. Is you're talking about? Um, show me your works, and I'll show, buy me your faith, and I'll show you my faith by my works. And where's the particular line? What what verse says, was it? We're not justified by faith alone. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that that's the one. That's there. That's hanging around in the neighborhood there. Yeah, what do you think about that? Um, that's that's the curveball I want to throw at you. So, oh yeah, so verse twenty four. So you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So I suppose this is true that bef- as we stand before God, our works do not uh, have anything at all to say. Uh, in fact, our works are dirty rags before the Lord. But when we stand before our neighbor, it is in fact uh, our works that put us in a right standing with them. So that faith manifests itself uh, in in our lives in the form of works. And this is true. So I think this is a Luther saying, but it's kind of overused, but it may be helpful in this context. And that is that uh, faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is never alone. So that faith is always showing up in good works for the neighbor, in trusting and prayer, trusting prayer to God, etc. So when James says that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone, he's not saying that he is justified on account of uh, his works, but that if one appears with faith and no works, then there is no faith at all. Right. That's right. Faith without works is dead, and that's the point. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, uh, Dan points out, this is Ephesians 2, 
which says, By grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Namely, the faith is a gift of God. So faith is not something that we muster up, but something that God creates in us. And he's right that this comes from hearing the Word of God. That's Romans chapter 10. Faith comes through hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Uh, and so the, the, that, we believe, is a uh, work of God the Father. In fact, Jesus says, this is the work of God, that you believe in his Son whom he sent, in John, so that God's work is our faith. So that's true. And really, making faith into a work is one of the fundamental errors of, well, American Christianity, apparently UK Christianity, too. <laughs> I was going to say all religion. <laughs> yeah, because you now are manifest. Faith becomes an act of your own will, and that is a deadly uh, proposition. Right. Second question, I got the Book of Concord. Where's the best place to start? What think you, Pastor Giglin? Well, I I mean, you could start at the beginning. The uh, You're going to start out with the ecumenical creeds, which you may or may not know already, but we have the uh, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed. Um, uh, any uh, Anyone who spent a little time in a, uh, in a confessional church body, no matter what church body it is, probably in, bumps into those creeds at some point. Then the very next document after the creeds is the Augsburg Confession, and that's a good a place to start as any, um, so that you have uh, the 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 princes uh, in uh, uh, in Germany gathering at Augsburg, uh, making a, a profession of what the the churches of the Reformation are already uh, teaching and believing and practicing. So that that <laughs> um, what's his name, um, Emperor Charles, is that right? Yeah, Charles, Charlie. Uh, he's he's trying to say, hey, Charles v. let's it's Charles. Yeah, the fifth. V. That's right. Uh, he's trying oh, to let's fifth? let's get rid of this. Uh, God, Charles v. No, fifth. his dad was Charles the Eve, <laughs> and then his dad you, was Charles the Eve. You are officially obnoxious. I need. I think like... Charles's son was Charles v. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're this close to executive session. <laughs> anyway, just Char- imagine his great 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 grandson okay, okay, would be that, Charles, and that's executive session. That's what happens. Pastor Wolfman becomes too obnoxious. Anyway, um, so he's Charles V is trying to squash this whole Reformation thing, but he's busy dealing with the Turks. Uh, meanwhile, Reformation theology is is uh, spreading like wildfire, and in um, oh shoot, it was fifteen. Um, help me out, Pastor. Kalvik. <laughs> That's the year in Roman numerals. Hope you can sort that. Mulk <laughs> Kalvik. It's like under the lion. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Twenty-nine. Is that? I want to. Can you imagine being Latin? And you're trying to learn algebra, you know? It's like, what is 10x plus 10? It's like, x, x plus t- x? <laughs> how, how would you do that? I don't... 15, Man. 1530. My goodness. What's wrong with me? Anyway, 1530, they got together and made a profession of their belief. You were asking a And that's when they got together and professed. This is what we believe, teach, and confess. And that's a great place to start. But keep reading after that. Read the apology and everything else. We'll be right back. More Table Talk so Radio.
very own theological court gestures. This is Table Talk Radio. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch you can't this. Touch this. <laughs> what? What is this? What? What is? My 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 music hits me so hard, makes me say, "Oh my Lord, thank you for blessing me with my fat legs and two front teeth." That's not how it goes. <laughs> they used to have a. What was that show where you'd sing the music? Don't forget the uh, lyrics, right? Because we we made the song "Don't Forget the Stanzas to Your Hymns," right? Ah, uh, yeah. They made the game. I mean, so uh, we haven't played that in a while. You, we got to we got to test your knowledge of Hemity. Hemity, and see see how you're doing. Anyway, in the meantime, we are answering your theological questions at questions at tabletalkradio.org, yep. and um, we don't That's have any doing. voicemails pertaining to theological questions. But if you have one, you can call us one eight hundred three eight five SOLA. We've got an email here, and it basically asks this question: Can um. Can our blessings as Christians be a indication of God blessing us? In other words, if my awesome, if, if I'm living some sort of awesome rockin' life, uh, should I be able to uh, use that uh, a successful Christian living as testimony for other people? Now, what what do you think about that idea? Um, first of all, we want to draw on a question: Do I enjoy blessings from God as a result of my faithfulness? I want us just to kind of consider that because there isn't this sort of um, sliding scale of faithfulness. So, um, you know, Pastor Wolfman there's performing about a, a C-plus today. Hey, but, thanks. But That's Pastor generous. Gigline, What's got into you? He, he's more of a A-minus, you know. Oh, you're slipping. Um, I just need to, I need to perfect these little areas of my life, and I'll be fully faithful. <laughs> um, but, in fact, it is one or the other. Jesus said... If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So we'll just go to the Ten Commandments then. Uh, am I fearing, loving, and trusting in God above all things? And if we're going to be honest about that and thought word indeed, the answer is no. So we don't even have to get to the second commandment. We've already broken the first commandment. We've broken the first commandment. We've broken all ten of them. So it's a yes or no question, and the answer is no. So if I should expect blessings from God on the basis of my faithfulness, what kind of blessings should I expect from God? Well, you have. I think this is a twofold thing because there. So first, um, we there is a there is promises bound up to the law, so that you know, for example, Moses says, uh, "Honor your father and mother, and it will go well with you. You'll live long in the land." Now, these promises are conditional. And they also are from God's mercy. It's not like, so we are somehow keep the law and then some sort of meritorious thing happens and we get benefit. No, the Lord is uh, pleased to punish it, uh, to, to, to honor that keeping of the law generally. But at the same time, as soon as we are Christians and have the Lord's word, then we also come under the assaults of the devil in a profound way. So that the Christian mark is the Christian life is never marked with a promise of success, even though in general things go better when you keep the law versus when you break the law. The Christian life is never marked with success, but rather it is marked with suffering and tribulation. 
So Jesus says, in this world you will have tribulation. Or uh, Peter says, follow the example of Christ in that he suffered without opening his mouth. So that the Christian is a suffering person, not so, an abundant life-living person. So we could say something like this. Hey, maybe the person professes a belief in God because they are admiring how much I am suffering lately. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That could be it. In fact, they could see that our... Uh, Peter suggests that, that, the, that when the world sees our 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 quiet suffering for doing good that they would glorify God that becomes our apologetic that God, they glorify God on our visitation but it's this is a, a not a completely obnoxious thing to think that uh people say hey you know I got a new car I pray every day and I got a new car that's good evangelism I'm going to go live in some super huge fancy house and people will say oh God's blessing him so I want to be a Christian too uh, that's completely pagan idea. Well, again, not not knowing the people mentioned in this email, I, I assumed in a general way people would typically think of it in the natural law sort of way that you were talking about. So, uh, look, I I'm a Christian, so I know the sixth commandment, and so I'm you know uh, in a uh, a marriage that is generally happy. I'm I'm not in my breaking of the sixth commandment contracting all these STDs, or I'm not. You know, murdering all these people or something like that. So, I mean, we could say, look, because I know the Lord's will and um, try to to live in accordance with what it says. Uh, therefore, I'm in a I'm in a better place. This isn't a natural law kind of a way, like you mentioned. Now, the question though is, uh, is that itself um, something that brings people to belief in Christ? <laughs> no, that's right. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, and your life is not the Word of God, especially your successful, you know, getting a new car life or whatever. So so the goal is not to bring someone to become a theist, right? So <laughs> so you have someone who is maybe an avid atheist, uh, doesn't believe in the existence of God, and then for whatever reason, you know, someone on the subway was really nice to me, gave me their seat, and they were... Um, they were Jewish, so I want to become Jewish now, too. Um, well, the person still lacks faith in Christ, so they're no closer to the kingdom, so to speak, uh, than before. Yeah. Um, but yeah. rather, what we can proclaim is God's word of law and gospel, that I um, am I, I am in trouble to stand before a holy and righteous God, um, but that trouble has been taken away from me in the person of Jesus, and now I stand right, reconciled with God. Now um, I'll tell you that, that, that our listener would, would want to is going to want to keep her eyes open also for things falling apart with this relative of theirs who said that because if they if they think that that person believes because they're looking at their good life and seeing how well things are going, yeah. chances are pretty good that they are believers because things are going so well. And when things fall apart in their own life, which they will, Jesus promised it. In this world, you'll have trouble then you're going to want to be close by with the gospel to bring some comfort to them. Say, hey, but just because everything's gone doesn't mean that uh, that God has left you or abandoned you. That's the, the theology of Job's friends, but not the theology of the prophet Job. Right. And I would say that most people haven't really thought this through, thought it out, but when you do, <laughs> it become, you, when you see the, the two options, look, we can um, bring people to faith in Christ by... Either A, proclaiming law and gospel so that faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God, or B, living a really good life in front of unbelievers, 
when you when you lay it out like that, boy, the latter seems really narcissistic. <laughs> that somehow you are going to believe in a holy and righteous God, you're going to overcome your sinful flesh <laughs> on the basis of the life that I'm living. Um, and and I think Luther is helpful here, where he says uh, Christianity is one bigger telling another bigger where to find bread. So I can go to the unbeliever and say, hey. My life is just as miserable and messed up and sinful as yours is, but this is where the solution to the problem is. It's in Jesus who gives his body and blood for me. And then you can talk to him about concupiscence. Yeah. Ooh, nice. I'll give you four points for that. I, even... I got another email. You ready? Yes. Greetings. Once again, we have heard the promise of maternity shirts being sent out. It may be too late for listener 18.5, who is now practicing walking. However, we decided to give you another chance to make good on your word. Listener 18.75 is eagerly awaiting her Table Talk Radio gear. Send this to me. Hey, will you, will you email this it's to me? A, yeah, it's in there. I'm reading from the... The thing, the Trello. I don't have time for this kind of organizational T nonsense. Shirts Send it to and my church inbox. growth guru. All right. Uh, he, uh, also, we got a kick out of the 6-2 network tweets. What was that? However, we couldn't help but notice that you have used the actual meaning of words too extensively to get a real following. <laughs> Try to get your head into these church growth gurus. Try thinking random sentence generator. Let's demonstrate. Quote, when we move from self to fellowship communing, we become church. Oh, the Ooh. problem, dear listener, I'm going to stop you right there. I, 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 this, this assumption. Now, I will admit to using words and their meanings too freely, even when, uh, you know, what? who's that guy? Mission Vision? When Mission Vision, he has the same problem. He's kind of a Bronze Ager that way. He uses words with meanings. <laughs> but I know that we do not become church. But we church. Church <laughs> is a verb now, not a noun. Your Please. sarcasm is not appreciated. <laughs> Next tweet continues our listeners here. Live the here. now of the Bible to experience incarnational revelation. That's a good one. To become a true follower of Jesus, we must embrace the sacrificial prophetic dream. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. They're perfectly meaningless. <laughs> they should work nicely. <laughs> Keep up the mediocrity. Aaron, Diana, Simon, and Adeline, listeners 17, 18, 18.5, and 18.75. Wonderful. We'll try to get a maternity T-shirt out right away. Um, by the way, the alternative is to say words with meaning, and that delivers the gospel. So we want to say things like, you are forgiven uh, on, for the sake of Christ. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. You're welcome. <laughs> what? You haven't done a joke in like forever. I'm totally out of You're listening to this edition of Table your Talk Radio. Is not Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening I to Table said that. Talk Radio. Your Table Talk <laughs> Radio <laughs> points are not appreciated. Hallucinations and aversion to Let's go back and do it. Wait, wait, stop the end. Let's go back and start over. It's too late. He started talking with him. Quiet, guy, quiet. Their points are like Hannah's appreciation of Pastor Wilson. <laughs> 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 <laughs>